0: You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. President Trump unveiled a budget on Monday that would make big cuts to social and environmental programs, including a 90% cut to the Great Lakes Restoration Funding. But those cuts wouldn't offset the president's plan to blow up the deficit by trillions of dollars over the next decade for a guy who ran as a populist for the working class How are his budget priorities squaring with those values? And what kind of America would we have if President Trump's budget vision became reality? If you want to join the conversation, tell us what you think about this budget proposal. Tell us what you think specifically about cutting Great Lakes funding by 90 percent. This is an idea that has been around for a while. Donald Trump suggested it last fall. Our congressional delegation rallied together in a bipartisan way to push back. We thought that was secure. Now it's in jeopardy again. And more generally, tell us what you think the budget proposal by the trump uh, by the president tells us about the america he wants to create what kind of society will we have if we made big deep cuts to social programs to environmental programs and at the same time exploded the deficit 3135771019 as always is the number on the phones that's 313577 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us now to discuss this issue is James Homan. He is the national political correspondent for the Washington Post, author of an article this week titled Trump Budget Highlights Disconnect Between Populist Rhetoric and Plutocrat Reality. James Homan, welcome to Detroit Today. Great to be with you. Yeah. So let's start with uh, how we end up back in this uh, situation with uh, with President Trump. S- some of these ideas were floated uh, last fall uh, by by the administration. A lot of them, as I pointed out in the open, were pushed back uh, by by members of Congress. Bipartisan. Yeah, Absolutely. bipartisan uh, pushback from from Congress. Uh, how how does the president then come back to this extreme position and Tell us how likely it is that he will get his way.
1: So it's it's unlikely that a lot of these things will actually make it through. You have to take them seriously because this is an official proposal by the president, mm-hmm. and and you know you you have to mobilize about programs you care about if you care about them. But the the reality is that it's sort of weird for Trump to put out this budget because just last Friday he signed <laughs> a two year basically budget, the closest thing we're going to get to a budget that increases spending by $500 billion and goes against a lot of the things that he calls for in this official budget proposal. I think what it reflects is that the the president, you know, he, he campaigned like a populist. He's governing like a plutocrat on a host of issues, regardless of whether you like him or not. And he is, when it comes to spending, under the sway of Mick Mulvaney, who is a... Tea Party guy, former congressman from South Carolina, was a member of the very conservative House Freedom Caucus and is now the director of the Office of Management and Budget. And when you read through this document, it was very clearly written by Mulvaney. Now, I'm not sure Trump really knows what he's doing politically when he endorses this because mm-hmm. you could write a ton of political ads off of some of the things in here. We're talking about the Great Lakes program, which is obviously so important to the region. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, you know, there's, there's more than $500 billion in proposed cuts to Medicare and another similar level of cuts to Medicaid over the next decade. These are things that, that the president's going to get attacked on. Obviously, we're sort of in this time where it feels like nothing really matters, but uh, the, the president didn't have to put out this budget. It's sort of a, a wish list of, of what ideally he would do if he wasn't constrained by republicans and democrats in congress so again you have to take it seriously a lot of this stuff isn't actually going to happen but it is uh, a testament and speaks volumes about his values
0: yeah Uh, and in some ways it's a nod to i guess a part of his base right that 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 elected him thinking that some of these things might be possible
1: absolutely this is if you're a there's you know, there's there's really something for everyone in there. There's also a lot to dislike. There's also something for everyone to dislike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the yes. In, in some ways, this is a stop to certain parts of the Republican base. In others, it really is a direct sort of repudiation of the people <laughs> who powered his victory. The kinds of people you know in Macomb County, Michigan, who voted for Trump after voting for Obama twice. Right. You know, Trump said, I'm going to bring your blue-collar jobs back. One of the things that he does is basically eliminate a program designed to help people who lost their manufacturing jobs because
0: get they want to right. yeah. So yeah, there's,
1: you know, there's uh, you know, like I mentioned, the entitlements. The president promised he would never touch entitlements. Uh, the president promised repeatedly as a candidate that he would balance the budget. In, in he, he said he could do it very quickly, and he said he would get rid of the national debt by the end of his second term. And this budget sort of acknowledges that's not going to happen anymore, that President Trump is comfortable and expects trillion-plus-dollar deficits every year, and a lot of that is being driven by the one-and-a-half-trillion-dollar tax cut. Uh, so, so there's, you know, we, we all, anyone who was paying attention during the campaign knew that some of the president's promises didn't add up. You couldn't slash taxes, build up the military, and balance the budget, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> that's just not realistic. <laughs> Uh, and, and so that was that was clear to anyone who was paying attention. But now we're at the stage where the president, as sort of elites expected, isn't following through on his contradictory campaign promises. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is James Holman. He is the national political correspondent for The Washington Post, author of an article this week titled, Trump Budget Highlights the Disconnect Between Populist Rhetoric and Plutocrat Reality. We are talking about The latest budget proposal from President Donald Trump, which has lots of deep cuts being proposed to social and environmental programs, also explodes the deficit by trillions of dollars over the next decade. Is this what we expected from Donald Trump, uh, who campaigned as a populist, or is this a surprise uh, kind of departure from the things that he said he would do? Also, how seriously do you take The things that the president is saying, do you think this is just a move to sort of shore up support among his sort of extreme base? Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work you into the conversation. Tell us what you think about the budget uh, negotiations in Washington. Lisa on Facebook says, My mother taught me to be nice, so I'll go with, If this disaster actually happens, Republicans should never, ever be allowed to refer to themselves as fiscal conservatives. Dirt and lies exist on both sides, but right now we are seeing the depth of Republican hypocrisy in the light of day. Zoe on Twitter says, So many valuable things being cut Public broadcasting, uh, both television and uh, radio, all public media, in fact, uh, would suffer deep cuts uh, if this were to become uh, the budget. Uh, Native American programs, education, health, environment. If we have the resources, fund them. Don't cut them to make the rich richer. The love of money is the root of all evil. Uh, James Holman, I want to ask you about the the, the Republican dynamic here. does this do damage to uh, Republican efforts to for instance, uh, you know g- establish a governing uh, mojo I guess in, in Washington yeah. when when you get a deal one week and the president the next week comes out and says something that you know is not in line with that deal in any way. We've seen the president do that before. What do Republicans tell you about the, the damage that's doing to them?
1: Yeah, Stephen. The, the Republicans on Capitol Hill were eager to say this budget's dead on arrival, and it's an unserious document because they know it's full of political headaches for them. It, it's quite a contrast. Yeah, I, I as I was reading through the budget on Tuesday afternoon, I thought of George W. Bush criticizing congressional Republicans when he was running for president in mm-hmm. 1999, mm-hmm. saying you shouldn't try to balance the budget on the backs of the poor. And at that time he was talking about $8 billion in cuts that they were considering making. And you know, Trump is calling for hundreds of billions of dollars in cuts that would affect the poor. He wants to cut a lot of holes in the safety net. And the, that sort of hurts efforts by Republicans over the years to shed the image that they're callous towards the needs of the underclass. And and so it is, it's is—it's frustrating for a lot of the moderates in Congress. Uh, you know, he wants to to kind of decimate the budget at, the housing and urban development uh, cut section eight housing, stuff like that, that doesn't have a strong constituency, you know, cutting food stamps. Those, those, those aren't necessarily the folks who get affected or are, are very real. They're just, they often don't vote. And, yeah. and, you know, that's the, the sad part of it, but it hurts the Republican brand. Uh, and, and so the, 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 there's definitely frustration among Republicans. Like, why are you doing this Uh, Why are you you putting this forward as as in a perfect world? This is what Republicans would do if they weren't constrained by the checks and balances of Congress and the courts. Right. Uh,
0: We had a caller who couldn't stay on the line who says we're being misleading in this conversation because we're saying that the trillion dollar increase in the budget isn't uh, is Trump's idea that it's Democrats fault for the last continuing Resolution. So this is all about uh, Democrats. Uh, talk about the role that both parties have played in this in this discussion about deficits. Uh, yeah. They 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 all sort of jump on on the different sides of that argument over time. But but where are they right, right. now?
1: Exactly. Well, you know the, how much someone cares about the deficit usually depends on how much power they have. So <laughs> When you're in the minority, you're very worried about the deficit. When you get in power, you spend like a drunken sailor on liberty. And that's, you know, that's happening now for eight years. I you know, covered Capitol Hill and Republicans during the Obama era were always very distraught and felt and sounded very sincere about this crippling national debt and how terrible it was. And uh, now the Democrats are in the minority. They're doing that. Uh, so what, ha- what happened last week, to the listener's point, is basically as a compromise, both sides gave the other side what they wanted. So Republicans wanted a huge increase in military spending, mm-hmm. Democrats wanted a huge increase in domestic discretionary spending on things like the environment. And so to kind of make the 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 bill go through and avoid a government shutdown, both sides agreed to what the other wanted. And so the result is spending goes up. They kind of they got rid of the caps that were put in place by budget sequestration a couple of years ago. And so Republicans were willing to go along because they think that the military needs more and and Democrats thought it was a pretty good deal on their side and And that's how we got a twenty trillion dollar debt in part. right What Democrats would push back on to your listeners' point is that Democrats were against the one and a half trillion dollar tax cuts. Democrats say, look we we are fiscally responsible. we want to we think government needs to be a force for good, needs to spend money on social programs in the military." And that's why we think it's irresponsible to cut a trillion and a half dollars from the how much revenue the government's going to take in, right.
2: uh, because
1: because you have to be willing to pay for this. Uh, and so that's that's why Republicans, you know, Republicans now want to reform entitlements and say we have this huge deficit. And Democrats say, well, we're not going to do that because you shouldn't have cut taxes in a way that's going to disproportionately class. cut the rich and big corporations. Right.
0: Right. Again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones to join the conversation. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you in. Let's go to the phones here, Peter in Bloomfield Hills. Peter, welcome to Detroit Today.
2: Good morning. Uh-huh.
1: You can't say that you're for um, America first and then cut funding to protect the single world's largest freshwater resource. It's just it Doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean, uh,
0: you know, Peter, we've we we have had this conversation many times on the show, including last fall when uh, this cut was was proposed, and and we saw the congressional delegation rally to to try to push back against it. Uh, it does not make a lot of sense. Uh, I agree with that, James Holman. It's not just the Great Lakes, though, that that would suffer. Under this budget, my understanding is that uh, the Chesapeake region, which also uh, <laughs> receives right. a lot of funding uh, to try to, you know, to, to keep that water source uh, cleaner than it has been, they, they would get a cut too. Um, again, we thought this was a settled issue. Are we going to have to see uh, congressional representatives from here and from there? band together again to push back against it or or is congress just likely not to take this very seriously at all
1: I think congress the, the congress won't take this push particularly seriously because of the spending bill just passed but that said you know, you ha- the people have to take these proposals seriously you can't just sort of laugh right. it off this right
0: is you what have the white to...
1: house would prefer to do and they have some ability to control funding streams and and set priorities for enforcement of, of environmental laws and all these different things. So it, it does sort of create a situation where it's very important for the delegation to to outline their opposition to it, to make sure that it doesn't get snuck into some kind of must-pass spending bill where the government's going to shut down unless this thing that has 1,400 pieces in it happens and, and one of those 1,400 pieces is is taking away money from from you know, cleaning up the Great Lakes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to John. John on the east side, welcome to Detroit today.
2: Thank you. Uh-huh. So listening to this conversation, I feel a little selfish for why I'm calling because <laughs> uh, just realizing just how big this is. I'm speaking specifically about some uh, restoration along uh, three of our parks that uh, face the uh, Detroit River mm-hmm. at, right at the border of Gross Pointe. hmm that uh a program for the uh upper Detroit Riverfront Habitat and Parks Restoration project was announced about two years ago that was gonna uh put about five million dollars into the shoreline here and uh it's been up in the air ever since really right. because of of the the uh Trump administration and even when the EPA came to us last year they didn't know whether they were going to have jobs. They were just going forward with the project. But it's it's really kind of uh, unfortunate because we were looking forward to this. And and I, just being involved with the Friends of the Detroit River for the past 20 years, a lot of this kind of money has cleaned up the Detroit River. It's brought back the fishing industry. Right. Um, last year they installed a uh, limestone reef between Belle Isle and our parks here which will increase even more fishing opportunities and we're just cleaning up the messes that we made for the last 200 years right, right. uh being With a, all that industry an industrial an industrial uh, um, center sure. here
0: yeah john uh, thanks for the call i love uh, that hyper local perspective mm-hmm. uh, that that i think a lot of people in this region can can echo that that is this is a very personal kind of issue for us uh, in in michigan and other states that border the Great Lakes. Uh, Mark on Facebook says, "I think anyone who's being intellectually honest knows that the U.S. has been insolvent for decades. Once interest rates rise, we won't even be able to service the interest on the national debt." Uh, James Holman, I'm I, I'm curious what Republicans and Democrats are saying about uh, about that debt and and. The long-term game here, right? Uh, th- this is a political win for Republicans. This tax cut uh, that was approved in December, but of course, the, the the consequences for it will come to visit on politicians down the road. Is there any mm-hmm. is there any sort of uh, attention to that? Is there any mindfulness of that, or is it really just about now?
1: In politics. The politicians are so short-term focused, and it really is kind of remarkable. People think. About the next election, not the next generation, and that's one of the shortcomings of, of politics. Right, uh, but people are sensitive. I, they, they, there are fewer kind of serious people who are focused on governing than there used to be in Washington. A lot of people are show horses instead of work horses. But what we do see is is, is real concern among among the people who kind of get this stuff that. If interest rates go up, which they're going to, uh, then the the debt's going to become even more crippling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're in a position where one of the problems with the budget is that it uses a lot of fuzzy math and makes a lot of silly assumptions that no serious economist thinks will will come true. So Trump assumes more than three percent economic growth every year for the next ten years, right? And that we've we've already gone the longest we have. In you know almost two centuries without with of, of a of, of a sustained economic period of growth without a recession. So, you, do, do, do people really think there's not going to be a recession in the next decade? Of course there will be. Uh, you know Trump's assuming that the tax cuts are going to generate economic growth. That's going to create more revenue. Maybe they will to some degree, but not as much as Trump thinks. And so all of this stuff starts to add up. And and a lot of the cuts that Trump's proposing to make are really investments in the future. He's cutting back or wants to cut back spending on, on alternative energy and different things that could ensure America's long-term prosperity.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there,
1: there's definitely sort of a, a short-term focus in Washington that's going to create long-term problems.
0: Uh, before I let you go, talk about the process by which Congress will now I guess, evaluate this proposal. Is it, uh, is it something that unfolds quickly uh, or is this something that could go on into the spring and, and the summer?
1: This will go on into the spring. So the, the way that Congress, so that, that bill that passed last week basically authorizes a $500 billion increase in spending over the next two years. And now the way it works is that there are 12 different spending bills. So the government is funded, in sort of 12 different pieces right and they the way they do that is because of the different committees so you know the Natural Resources Committee which would oversee the EPA and the water programs in the park that, that the listener just mentioned they have their own committee hearings and everything and then the Armed Services Committee hears about the defense budget and so they all sort of move at their own pace and so I think this is something that's going to play out over three months in and, and six months yeah
0: Okay, James Homan, national political correspondent for The Washington Post, author of an article this week titled Trump Budget Highlights Disconnect Between Populist Rhetoric and Prudocat Reality. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. My pleasure. All right. Up next, we're going to talk with Wayne County Executive Warren Evans about his deep familial ties in Detroit and the ties he has to the city's history of activism. Stay with us on Detroit Today.